G'day listeners, Hef here chiming in at the top. Just a bit of an update on all things happening within the Keeper League podcast. Uh, first of all, uh, just again, thank you to everyone who has just reached out over the last uh, few weeks uh, since my call to action uh, at the start of the podcast a few weeks ago. So many people have signed up as a member to financially support the show, which is fantastic because that's the real thing that uh, keeps this going and allows me to put more time or enough time that I need to keep everything running for the podcast, but also all the other people that have just uh, messaged to, you know, just say that they really appreciate the the work that we do here and uh, the podcast that we provide. And also just all those other people that have offered to uh, help out or, you know, try to find ways that they can ease the burden on me to actually keep this uh, podcast and make it sustainable. One listener did actually message in and suggest perhaps making a target or a goal in terms of uh, new members for the 2024 preseason. So, I'm going to give it a go. So, I'm calling all the listeners out there. I'm trying to sign up 100 new members uh, between now and the start of the season. Essentially, if I can get 100 new members, that guarantees the future of this podcast. Um, I'll be able to drop back at work. I'll be able to keep uh, investing time into the podcast, all that sort of stuff. So, if I could get 100 new members uh, between now and the start of the season, which is March 7th, that will guarantee the future of this podcast. So, I'm going to be giving updates each week on how we're going. And yeah, at the moment, like I said, there have been heaps that signed up and we're very, very close to where we need to be to keep this podcast going. So once again, thank you to all those people who have shown their support, whether it's financially, whether it's just well wishes or messages or whether it's offering, you know, help and service and all that sort of stuff. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's actually amazing to see the amount of people out there that do enjoy this podcast and want it to keep going into the future. So again, thank you to all those people. We'll get on with the show now. Take it easy. I'll talk to you soon. G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and this week I am joined by Aaron Bryans from the ABC. How you going mate? Good mate, footy's back. Yeah, it is really, like all the pre-season stuff going out. I saw you, at, we'll talk about it in a second, but I saw you at a pre-season training last week. And yeah, I got an invitation to go yeah. and spend some time with the coaching staff of the Crows and yeah. have a look at how they're tracking and promising signs. I think that's yeah, good. Is this the main headline from that. that Hopefully, we get a few inside insights mm. from that of uh, the coming the show. But uh, more more importantly, how's your um your keeper league maintenance going? Your your keeper selections, your tra- uh, trading, all that sort of stuff. How's it's about that going? to ramp up really. Yeah. So um, I think I mentioned this last year, but in two main keeper leagues, so one of them's like a Google Excel keeper league that yeah, we manually score on. Um, that one I made the grand final last year, just fell short, and I'm running out of forwards. Like <laughs> Tom, Tom Hawkins is on his last legs. Oh, Crimey River, mate. Traded we're, we're in Matt <laughs> traded in Matt Tabata hoping that he'll yeah. end up being Freo's starting forward and it sounds like Tracy might get that job yeah. but um, yeah I'm heading to the draft with pick seven hoping to pick up a key forward there and the other one um, in the AFL Fantasy Keeper League we're about to expand so okay. having two new teams come in and yeah. figuring out a way to do that that gives them the best chance at, at launching themselves immediately essentially has meant we're all going to keep seven players and wow, okay. banish the rest yeah so how's the league going with that are, are you cool with that uh, like I was the one who suggested it to all be right. honest um, yeah. purely because I've won 
two of the first three years. Oh. Uh, and last year, I probably should have made it three in a row and, and bottled it at the prelim. But yeah. it, it felt pretty dominant. I think because it was a new league and I'd been doing it for a while, the inaugural draft went very well for me. Yeah, okay. uh, and kind of part of me was kind of like, look, if we want this league to survive, we probably need to hit the reset button. But not fully because you don't want to yeah. throw away three years of your work. Yeah, but exactly. going back to, you know, seven keepers um, in what's a, a pretty stacked league. So I think we do four, three or four defenders, four mids, yep. a ruck and, and four forwards. So there's not a lot of depth, really. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how that draft goes. Yeah, I've always wondered how you do expansion teams. We have never actually done it. And I've like we've talked about it, but we've never actually found like the perfect way we'd go about it or anything like that. And I don't know, I think with 12 teams in our league anyway, that's as deep as we're going to get because it's a bit harder to do it. But You'd yeah. run out of players, sure. Yeah, especially exactly. this year with forwards. We've had people <laughs> asking, like, you know, want to do an 18 league with 18, sorry, 18 teams with 18 on field. And I was like, there's no way you can actually no, do you'd that. You'd have to drop it down to like <laughs> yeah. two or three defenders and two or three forwards. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we'll get stuck into the show in a second. Just want to mention a few things at the top here. So we do have a live show coming up. Uh, it's going to be at the Elephant uh, British Pub just off Rundle Street here in Adelaide on the weekend of Gather Round. That's uh, April 5th. We've got Warney from DT Talk coming up from Launceston for it. Uh, we've got DC from Hat Chat coming across from Perth, plus all the guys in Adelaide. Got myself, Kays, Doss, Louis, uh, and Jake from Hat Chat also as well, all kind of coming together to be a big fantasy show. So if you're into it, uh, come check it out. Uh, it'll be just before the Brisbane North Melbourne game at Norwood Oval. Um, so if you want to go to that game as well, you still have time to get there. Plus, you know, plenty of time to get to Adelaide Oval for the night game as well. So book out your Friday afternoon if you're in Adelaide of Gather Round because it should be a good weekend. Uh, I think there's a link in the description. So um, yeah, check it out there. Uh, we've also got uh, all our premium resources up and running. We've been ranking players. We've had 100 forwards, one, sorry, 100 defenders, 100 midfielders, 30 rucks, and we're about to do 100 forwards this week on the website and there'll be a podcast about that too so check those out there um, for to help you with your upcoming drafts all right this week what we're doing uh we're going to go through every club and kind of just talk about any kind of relevant fantasy news that has come out of them i've made some notes here but it's very lucky that your job is to actually cover <laughs> bit of track watch afl <laughs> news and a uh, bit of track watching bit of role changes all that sort of stuff so i've got the perfect man here for the uh, for the job and we'll get stuck into it so i'm going to start off with the crows and yeah, you actually went to their uh, open. Tra- mm. well, it wasn't open training; it was behind closed doors training. But you got inside access. It's a bit right? trickier for the crows at Westlakes because yeah. everything's almost an open training. There's <laughs> yeah. no real fences. But I think Kays goes to the gym next door and he can watch <laughs> training. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they've got a, another match or internal trial coming up uh, this weekend, and then um, another match up against Port Adelaide before their official preseason game. So there's still plenty of things to play out. But I guess the main messaging that I kind of saw was a very similar layout to the end of last year. So they're clearly just trying to fine-tune a few things, more kind of um, simulation-based training and, um, yeah, ensuring they can kind of get over the line in those closer games. So, I guess the layout of the 22 is going to be pretty similar. Obviously, there's um, some issues down back that they're going to have to address. Uh, Jordan Butts probably should play round one and then filling that void of Tom Duda. I reckon that's going to be a Josh Worrell role. Yep. Mark Keane's probably their other key back who'll play with Nick Murray out. Uh, And then, you know, what that midfield's going to look like is probably one of the big questions everyone keeps asking. And, as I mentioned before, it's probably going to be a bit of same-same. I think you're going to see Rory Laird, Matt Crouch, Jordan Dawson, yep. and then rotating with Rochelle and Rankin. Yep. And Pedler, was he, was he in the conversation for Pedler that? Pedler in conversation, more half-forward, I think. Okay. Yep. And obviously, they're still trying to fill that Shane McAdams spot as well. So, yep. um, yeah, I think Murphy's probably going to get that, and Pedler will probably play across half-forward and, and float in. But 
yeah, the rotations looked very similar. Now, you put out a tweet about some of your findings from that, and uh, I reckon I received probably three or four mentions in your tweet um, about a certain player, and that's uh, <laughs> Riley Thilthorpe. So, for those who haven't been listening the last few weeks, I, co- I copped a bit of a pot shot from one listener, I think, because I've been saying for years I want Thilthorpe to go into the ruck. I think he's going to be a, a good ruckman one day and all that sort of stuff. And some listener actually came out and said, like, there's no chance of that happening. It's never going to happen. What happened at the uh, what happened at the uh, internal or the trials? Sorry, it's a funny old one. I think <laughs> there's a, a significant portion of Crows fans who definitely agree with you that, that don't really like Riley O'Brien and would love to see Riley Thilthorpe kind of claim that. Yeah. Um, from what I saw in, in terms of the match, Sim, uh, it's clear that O'Brien is still the number one rock. Damn. But Thilthorpe <laughs> has gotten bigger. His shoulders yeah. look great. And I think his issue in the past, especially as a key forward, was that they wanted him to improve his contested marking. He did that last year, and now he's got that physicality to go alongside it. So in a year where forward options are pretty slim, he'd be a good option on top of the fact that from what I saw at Match Sim, his ruck minutes are about to increase. So he's still going to be the backup, but I think instead of what I think maybe last year was more of an 80-20 at best, I mean, looking at his CBA numbers now, his best games were probably around the 25% mark. He could push up into the 30s, I reckon, if not 40s this year because he's got that body now to match it with the best. The the other issue that I guess uh, a lot of people may be forgetting, and we'll touch on this with, you know, Fremantle and Sean Darcy, Max Gorn at Melbourne, is this new ruck rule. So now that ruckmen can actually stick an arm out basically get themselves in position, hold themselves there and win the tap down. Yeah. Aurelio O'Brien suits that really well. Yeah, definitely. You're right, actually. So, that's probably why they will favour him at the end of the day. But, yeah. but Philthorpe has the mobility to get around. Yeah, definitely. That's really interesting. So, yeah, good signs are for Philthorpe owners out there and people looking for those uh, rucks, oh, I guess, sorry, those forwards deep down. If he can go into the ruck and get a few extra points that way, boost those midfield time. Uh, yeah, should be pretty handy for owners. Just a few other things at the Crows. Um, Dan Curtin was, uh, had a bit of a, I think it was a knee injury earlier on the preseason. How is he looking? Jardine, yeah, and he looks amazing. Yeah, he, I'm, I'm in love with this guy already. Like he, he looks like an absolute superstar. What um, role were they playing him in? Down in back, yeah, so down he's back. Yeah, floating across half back, occasionally pushing up to the wing. Um, his positioning is incredible. He reads the game so well for, for someone so young who's just fresh into the system. Clearly works hard good bloke as well I think they really like that but uh, the part that excites me the most is obviously how big he is at this age he's 197 centimetres 95 kilos he looks solid enough that he could match up with a Harry Mackay Charlie uh, Curnow early but they actually want him in the midfield long term is that right so yes he'll start down back I'm not sure how many years that will be but they've been begging and crying for a big body midfielder for so long that he could be the answer to that I don't think he plays round one but okay. if we're talking from a keeper perspective, yeah. he, he'd be a smoky to go late considering his, his defensive status. Yeah. You could, you know, pick up a key mid in a few years' time. I think a few, a few of our listeners are quite cluey knowing that he did play a lot of midfield time in the under-18 mm-hmm. championships. Um, but if you look at his uh, state league numbers, he was very much used as a almost a key defender. And they the they need that stuff. depth right yeah. now. So, he, he'll definitely start there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the hope is in a few years' time, maybe even, you know, Rory Laird's uh, heading into his 30s now. So, yeah. maybe he's the replacement in a few seasons. All right. That probably uh, adds his draft stock, adds a bit to his draft stock. So, think about Dan Curtin. I think I've been seeing him going around probably the fifth or sixth uh, ranked draftee out of this year's draft. So, yeah, a few people are getting on him at the moment. The other thing is uh, Wayne Miller as a player, as I was just hot on this year, just have, finally having a season uh, where he was, you know, remained largely uninjured and looked decent. I thought he could take his game to the next level this season, but he's copped another injury as well. So It's not that bad, though. Yeah. So, I think internally, especially for both of us living here in Adelaide, there is that bubble 
that they get a couple of soft tissue injuries and panic stations. Yeah. Um, whereas they've had this clean bill of health over the past few years. He was already back running quite comfortably from what I saw last week. So yeah, good. Uh, even you know Nick Murray to an extent looks ready to go um, and he's coming off a, a massive knee and probably will still miss a few months. But yeah. um, the Miller and Butts injuries aren't that bad. They're obviously just precautions ahead yeah. of this season. I, I think he plays round one. He yeah. needs to obviously play that preseason game, but that's still... Um, you know, a couple of weeks away. So, yeah, I expect him to be there. He's one that's Miller is one that's sliding in uh, the ADP I've seen in the uh, mock draft simulator. So, you might be able to pick him up pretty late. And now everyone thinks he's injured. You might get him even uh, even cheaper. Uh, we'll move on to Brisbane. Not a lot going on there. They seem to be pretty uh, cruisy at the moment in terms of stuff that's going to impact fantasy anyway. The only other thing I thought was pretty um, awesome to hear was Will Ashcroft could be a mid-season return, maybe even sooner, they're yeah. saying as well. So, yeah. It's handy when, he, when yeah, you've got a young kid who's kind of turned that around so quickly and looks like he's raring to go. But yeah. again, because of how you know prolific he can be and what they're hoping for him to be, they'll take care of him and I don't yeah. think they'll rush him back. Um, that being said, when he does come back, it's going to cause this massive shift in the yeah, Brisbane lineup definitely. because they'll want him inside mid. That will push McCluggage back to the wing and then you've got to look at you know who that impacts after that. So maybe your Jasper Fletcher then goes to a bench who's been getting some really good opportunities. So um, that might cause a big shift in rotation when Ashcroft is ready to return. Yeah. But we've still got a while to get there. Yeah, I think I'm just looking at it from a perspective like my brain was just going, that's a first-year player, done an ACL, They'll give him all of next year to recover. Hmm. But then you think about it, Brisbane are a contending team and he's a firm part of that. You know what I mean? Like he's one of their best midfielders when he's in there. So there's, I mean, two minds whether they do kind of look after him a bit, which I'm sure they will, but also as well, I think they want him in there as soon as possible as well, as soon as they can kind of like feasibly do it. So yeah, I'm pretty comfortable like... Will Ashcroft is someone who's sliding a lot in drafts. Mm. And I think you get a real bargain there because a lot of people are thinking they might not have a player this season. If they can aim for, you know, around 11, 12, yeah. it's right before the buys. So, you can get a couple in, have another break yeah. and then gear up for the finals. Yeah, I think that's a good target. Um, move on to the Blues. Um, not a huge one for fantasy, but Jack Silvani um, has done a knee, I reckon. So, he's out for the season. Um but a lot of people just pick him up late because he's a pretty handy option and because he's got forward status all the time and goes into the ruck a little he bit. He's scoring too. well. Yeah, it? exactly. So just don't draft him this year. It's like just There's make sure a, a little of bit that. of fallout from that as well yeah. in the sense that um, Tom DeConing's role probably changes a little bit, probably right? stays forward a yeah, bit more. Yeah, whereas um, he could have yeah. got some good ruck minutes. Yeah, that is unfortunate for De Koning owners as well. We just never seem to be able to get De Koning in a full-time ruck position, but Pitnet's pretty handy as well, so I don't think it's going to happen anyway. Um, the other one, uh, Mitch Cleary put out a tweet last week saying Sam Doherty is going to continue that midfield role. Uh, looks like it's on the wing at the moment. Um, I'm not sure how I sit with that. Like We've got a coach offering him up at the moment um, in trades, mm. given that he's, what, 31 at the moment and trying to get rid of him in his caper leagues. But is he just a run-of-a-mill, you know, 90 kind of average midfielder now? I know he had a big last five last season but if you look at his finals um, if you include his finals run into his um, last five I think mm. he's only like a high 80s 90s from his last five games of last season what are your thoughts I ran the numbers today and actually yeah. he looks a ton better with Sam Walsh in the team okay so the, the periods where he was away in the early stages of last year and there was a period right before the finals yeah he did drop a little bit yeah so maybe actually having them together um, helps him so yeah. you can run your Walsh Cripses and Chera alongside Doherty rotating fresh does that um, mean does, would that generally be though like 
Doherty plays that wing role, and when Walsh comes in, yeah. he was probably playing that wing role and pushing him back in defence. Yeah, more bit. of an outside yeah. game. So I, I think it actually helps him. And the weird thing is that I'm in the same boat as you. I look at Sam Doherty, and I think a guy that's just turned 30 yeah. in a keeper league, you know, he's not essential to keeping. You don't want to waste a spot on him. Yeah. But he's signed on for two more years. Yeah, so true. They must be. If yeah. you're going to get a guy who's, you know, getting 30 touches a game, yep. it's not the end of the world. No, you're right there. So, yeah, I just don't think his stock is as high as he was within his defender. That's all. You probably see him slide down a little bit more in drafts this season, but mm. still a pretty viable option. And, you know, he's one of the greatest of, you know, the modern AFL fantasy players as well. So he's a, he's a good name to have on your side and he looks good to have there. So drafting with confidence, I think, but just maybe don't expect the, I think you can expect similar numbers. It's just they're probably not as valuable as a midfielder as they are as a defender. That's all. Yeah, even all no plus six on the kickouts. Yeah, that's no floating stuff. halfback intercepts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's always tricky. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance he goes back in defence at all, or do you reckon they probably needs an set? injury? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Magpies. Uh, last week, uh, apparently at a at a training session, Ed Allen was fighting it out with Finlay McRae for that for a midfield spot mm. apparently so Ed Allen's an interesting one I think he played a lot of time on the wing in the VFL last year and I think he was like a halfback flanker as a junior um, with a bit of midfield time thrown in so he's an interesting one I think he's a bit of a taller midfielder as well so it's a good problem for them to have yeah, they've definitely. got a lot of these young midfielders who haven't had these opportunities um, McRae was on my radar early because yeah. clearly that void of Taylor Adams needed That's to be thing, filled. Yeah. But, um, I mean, from the match simulation a few days ago, neither of them were in the A side. And yeah. it actually looks like they're going to essentially stick with a very similar 22-23. And yeah. just Lockie Schultz comes in. And Bo McCreary's getting some mid-time, which is that. a little yeah. odd. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's Craig, um, Craig McRae. He's probably got something yeah. working behind the scenes. But, yeah, my hope was that Finlay McRae would really grab that opportunity. Yeah. And it looks like even if he does play, maybe he's their sub. Yeah. It's a really risky proposition. That's the thing. You talk about the Taylor Adams role, but like they won a grand final without him even playing, you know? Yeah. So it's like, do they, you know, is it just um, Paddy Lipinski like just comes in and does a similar type job and hmm. averages around the 70 mark? And Which when given top minutes and, and proper midfield time, he's really yeah. shined. Yeah, exactly. So he could be that 75 average forward mid for Collingwood next hmm. season, be the guy there. So the other one, um, Dan McStay is the other one. If you've missed that, he's out for the season as well. So it might be good for something like Brody Mycheck or something like that. But, Billy Frampton. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, so those late kind of forwards that you're going to have to look at this year because there's just not a lot there. So, yeah, my check might be one to think about later on in drafts as well. Move on to Essendon. Apparently, Sam Draper's back to full training or almost back to full training. Yeah, it didn't sound great early when he had that groin surgery yeah. and all of a sudden he's a chance for round one once again. They've got Todd Goldstein now who, you know, can play if he's not available, but yeah. I think they would 100% prefer Draper over him. So, that's a good sign. Do you think it's a Draper-Goldstein combo if they do play? Or do you reckon they would I don't think either out? of them are good at forward. Yeah. That, that's the concern for me is what do you do when... Yeah, the other isn't in there. That's fair. Yeah, that's a yeah interesting one. So they've got those two rucks that they could play. But yeah, if I reckon mm. they they want to. They're not going to waste all the resources they put into Draper. You know, they're going to want him playing. Yeah. So as soon as he's fit and firing, he'll probably be the one to go with Goldstein to back up. Which is you know un- unfortunate because a lot of people rate Nick Bryan as well. But he's kind of pushed yeah. Back to when that he's he's round. had a very limited opportunities, yeah. but looked promising. Yeah, he might have to be one that needs to be traded to actually get a full go somewhere. I'm not sure. Um, apparently, Elijah Sardis is training the house down, so that's one to think about as a as a forward. Yeah. So there was a bit of drama in a couple of days ago with um, Ben Hobbs getting injured. You did so, see that, yeah. Yeah, it looked like it could have been, you know, a serious shoulder and it's a minor AC joint injury. So, yeah, how long is that in weeks? It, it looks like a one or 
two. So okay, he probably cool. ends up playing round one regardless, which does hurt um, Cetus's chances a little bit because yeah. obviously he's fighting for that third midfield spot that there's a lot of players who could genuinely do it. You know, your Setterfields, your Caldwells. Yeah. So they've got a lot of options. I think Hobbs is the first choice. Oh, I understand. Um, yeah. It's just a matter of, yeah, is he going to be fit enough come round one? Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy midfield makeup for a team that's, you know, struggled for so long. Really deep midfield to roll with. So yeah. it's hard to kind of work out how they all fit in. Um, Jade Gresham, uh, apparently the reports are he's going to continue pretty much the same role he played at St Kilda. This is going to have the half forward mid role, handy to own, but I think some people might have been hoping for a more involved in the midfield rotations, but it'd probably be probably just as much forward. I yeah, think, as we the touched sounds. on, they've got so many options. And even like a, an Archie Perkins is in a similar spot to Gresham where, yeah. you know, he's probably hopeful to get some midfield minutes and it's not really going to happen. And Gresham's, you know, a 70s guy. At his best, he can be an 80s, but I, I can never really see him averaging 90 plus. No, um, neither. And especially with yeah, the amount of depth the Bombers currently have. And the big one that everyone's been talking about all I've seen is Nick Martin's shift to halfback. It actually looks real now, doesn't it? Every match mm. sim and every kind of Kills football me. that comes out. So, yeah, not a fan? Or? Well, he's just... He's mid-only this year, so from a classic perspective, it's really hard to fit him in because there's a lot of these guys around that price range that are good options, which I'm sure we'll touch on across the rest of the teams. But at halfback, he's like a genuine 110 player. Like yeah, he's, he's almost like a must-have. Yeah, it's yeah. an insane ceiling that he has. And yeah. um, we forget how young he is. Like, I think this is going to be his third yep. proper season. So yep. like he could get even better. And yep. Yeah, from a keeper perspective, like get him because he's going to again get that DPP very yeah, quickly. Um, but trying to fit him in for the opening round is is going to be tricky. Yeah, definitely. So that's that's the thing. So yeah, for classic, it's hard to fit him in. But yeah, I think as a keeper league coach, you're gonna be happy. And then he's gonna be a player that you're gonna have to target to get into your uh, into your classic teams later on as well, though. So mm. yeah, it's an interesting prospect there. But yeah, Nick Martin, I think the owners are gonna be very happy with him at the moment. Uh, we'll move on to the Dockers. So Sean Darcy's in doubt for uh, round one. So that's a good thing for the Luke Jackson owners out there. They'd be uh, pretty happy. Fremantle confuses me forever. <laughs> but like the Luke Jackson, Sean Darcy thing is, is crazy how much money they've put into both of them yeah. when Jackson is so good as a sole rock. Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, he, well, Sean Darcy, this is, played 60 minutes of match sim last week. So I think he's good to go for okay. round one. We've yeah. still got plenty of time, obviously, unless something goes wrong. Yep. And as I mentioned earlier, that new ruck rule favours him more than Luke Jackson. So I think his big body is, is going to be handy to kind of lock himself into the centre circle and, and win a tap down. Yeah, it's that's yeah. It's actually a good thing to think about that ruck rule. I haven't really, I didn't really put anything about it into fantasy, but it's going to definitely affect who they roll as their number one ruck and mm. stuff. So even players like maybe even Big O, like you know those big bulky you know types yeah. that are kind of not the big the big jumpers. For of the, the athletic record, types, I, I but, don't yeah. like this rule at all. There's, yeah. there's some traditionalists that really love it because it's more physical in yeah. the way that it goes. I, I'm a big fan of jumping. I, I love the rucks that can launch themselves, and yeah. we're not really going to see a lot of that, I reckon, this year. Because if you can take a step into that inner circle, yeah. hold your ground. You're easily getting the tap down. I'm just thinking, though, maybe it might be a good thing for midfielders, though, as well. Like, if there's more kind of... Or set plays are going to work yeah, a lot that more sort of efficiently, stuff, like, aren't they? Yeah, like, you can actually guide your taps a little bit mm. better if you're holding so your position. English and, to Bontempelli's. Like, yeah, that might yeah, be Yeah, that, that'll think, be pretty fun. Thing to think about as well. Um, there's a few injury concerns, just mainly to do with the defence at Fremantle. I'm not sure how serious they are, but mm. uh, I think Brennan Cox, Luke Ryan were on the injury list. I don't think they're long-term. I think they're going to be things. okay. Heath Chapman's not going to make round one. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Sam Switkowski, maybe. But I mean, yeah. there, there's 
promising aspects of that. So, like, Ryan yeah. and Cox probably plays, but with no Chapman, maybe, you know, your Corey Wagner, who I remember we touched on the yeah. end of last year, like, incredible yeah. numbers. Um, that could give him a spot. The yeah. Swikowski hamstring issue could maybe help Will Brody out, who's been looking really yeah. good. Yeah. So, they've got a lot of flexibility in terms of, you know, the players they can rotate in. I guess the one that everyone will talk about is Hayden Young and yeah. whether or not he actually ends up with those midfield minutes. I think it's happening. So, I think... That, and then the other person probably um, that we need to talk about is um, Jordan Clark as well, because we mm. saw him pick up last at the end of last year when Hayden Young did go into the midfield and if you know a few of those other you know Chapman's missing and stuff like that it might just be he might be the number yeah, one he becomes that halfback general yeah. and yeah it really loads up yeah so that's another one to think about yeah like you said Sam Twikowski he's another one that everyone's looking at so just monitor what's happening with him Fife going back into the midfield that's been the talk has um, to be a lock yep I reckon that's yeah early on I, I didn't buy into it purely because of how injury prone he's been yeah. but um, you're looking at a guy who heading into this year was averaging 49 yeah. and at his best is a one five player and yep. probably you know we expect maybe a 70 80 year but it's still better than where he's at yeah the issue i guess from a keeper perspective is he's 32 so it's almost a one-year punt where you're hoping for his brown low form yeah that maybe he can pull that off once again and uh, the other one in terms of midfield minutes if you talk about five being in there with sarong and brayshaw is omir is probably gone yeah. i wouldn't even worry with him this yeah, year Yeah, it's unfortunate but um yeah it does did look a bit cooked at the end of last year and um, the other one who's been uh, touted to play early is jeremy sharp to fill one of those wing roles that have been vacated over the last couple of seasons at uh freeman dockers i haven't really heard too much out of Fremantle on his progress but uh yeah, yeah i actually the other day i was thinking about him because i'm trying to slot him into my midfield and had to really dive deep to really find out what was going on because yeah. he hasn't popped up in a lot of reports yeah. from, from the match simulations but all the, all the fantasy coaches are talking about him yeah, it everyone, sounds like everyone, a shoe in that he's every time playing. he's mentioned it's he's got that wing role locked away but he obviously yeah. isn't starring yeah. in, in this preseason but they got no one else really, <laughs> yeah that's it yeah. that Liam Henry role is kind of there yeah uh, we'll move into uh, Geelong now there's been a lot of talk about Tom Stewart playing midfield uh, early in the preseason I think the last two practice matches though he's been in defence so it's probably yeah know, I, I think it's bit. kind of happening in the sense that he's going to rotate with Max Holmes. Yeah. So I think Tom Stewart starts down back, which is great because he's probably a better scorer there in terms of his plus sixes. Yeah. But they've got, you know, I wouldn't say great depth because these aren't, you know, A-list midfielders uh, in terms of, you know, age profile and where they're at. But, you know, Atkins, Guthrie, Holmes, Danger is a pretty solid four. Yeah. And then, you know, your Holmes can then swap with Stewart later in the quarters. Well, that was the interesting thing. I saw a match report late last week said Holmes basically spent the whole game on the halfback line. So that's going to be pretty handy for his owners. It's funny because, like, yeah, last year we wanted everyone to go on the midfield. More midfield time always equals more fantasy points. But those outside kind of midfield types like Holmes is, is like a better runner, a better kind of user of the ball mm-hmm. on the outside. The halfback role suits them better for fantasy. Cheap stats <laughs> like, is so yeah. easy down back now. Exactly. And, and Jai Clark's probably the other one that can float through. So, yeah, yeah I can see Tom Stewart getting some midfield minutes as we saw at the back end of last year, but I don't see him starting there. Yeah, yeah, no, neither. Um, moving on to Gold Coast. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about who gets the Bashahuli role uh, that we used to get from uh, Dimmer Hardwick at uh, Richmond. There's been so many names thrown up. So the, the two that everyone was kind of raving about, Will Powell earlier, especially because mm. he's over his injuries, he's training again, he's back in the in the mix. But then there was a comment, comment from uh, Dimmer saying Connor Butterick, He's yep. going to play that role across halfback, be used as their number one distributor. But then the, the thing that set everyone a buzz last week was Alex Sexton, who's come out of nowhere, is playing on the halfback <laughs> yeah. line. So well, there was another halfbacker that we saw last year do a similar type. I think it was Charlie Constable was back there, was he, for a bit? 
in the preseason yeah, or did he play round one? Yeah. yeah. And Never then saw I think, him again. Then I think it was Darcy McPherson was back there as yeah. well. So we had a few players as well. I don't know. Do you buy into the Alex Sexton? Yeah. Or for the someone who yeah hasn't been able to watch any Gold Coast training, <laughs> yeah. like you look at a 22 and you go, Sexton doesn't fit into that. Yeah, exactly. But if he's training the house down, who knows? Um, you're right in terms of the comments. I've had a look at some player interviews and um, Butterick's kind of been related to like a Jaden Short, Liam Baker. Yeah. So it's still, yeah, that halfbacker who can float forward. Yeah. Maybe more Will Power for me is in terms of that Basher Hooley role. Because yeah. I've loved Will Power for years and unfortunately hasn't had a clean run of it. But yeah, um, yeah he's got that breakaway ability in terms of his speed to exploit off halfback. So, yeah, yeah I don't think you can go wrong with either. The issue, again, um, is their buy. They've got that really early buy. It's like round two. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it affects the keeper leagues too much with that sort of stuff because I think a lot of leagues out there are either just going to play through it or they're going to um, they're going to adjust scores and things like that. Yeah, it definitely hurts. We're the doing one so the the manual keeper league with the Google Excel um, players that have buys in the opening six weeks you lock them in yeah. before the bounce of opening round and then yeah. you take that score. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, which is a little clunky, but um, you're just trying to find ways to survive at the moment. Yeah, what's this weird new yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of the bad luck too tough type thing. Like yeah. you, you win some games as a result of it, you lose some games as a result of it as well. Like you know, I guess I'm lucky because Andrew Brayshaw is my main captain of Duke, <laughs> and um, he's always not, back self interest. He, he doesn't have a buy, but like there'll be games out there. Actually, I'm thinking about my top three. My top three don't have a buy at one of those early buys, so maybe mm. I will go up. But it all depends on who I'm even matched up with in those few weeks as well. So who knows how it actually it happens, goes both ways? Yeah, exactly. Um, let's get on to oh the other only the one Bailey Humphrey and Sam Flanders absolutely boss their intricate clubs games apparently so a lot of big hype on those players anyway but they're going to shoot up draft Humphrey's going to well. take the next step this yeah. year 100% yeah and he's listed as a forward so he's yeah. one you want to snap up pretty early as well um, GWS the only real thing that's kind of piqued my interest there was Brent Daniels has been in the conversation for more midfield time as well so Toby Green on SEN basically said he's not going to spend any more time than he already does in there because there were people mm. asking about that but he said the one to watch would be Brent Daniels I quite like be, that so. you know he's he's pretty explosive in the way that he goes about it. he's damaging with his acceleration yeah uh, and Bedford's kind of owning that half forward line anyway yeah, so yeah. Daniels can float in I, I guess the main concern out of that is if you look at the rotations it probably means Ash and Whitfield are going to stay at half back which can be good for their scoring yeah but we're probably not going to see them float in as much now in terms of midfield minutes if, yeah if Daniels is now that next in yeah I'm not sure yeah I'm not sure how much Daniels like does go in it might just be a pinch hit kind mm. of role or similar to what Toby Green does because I still have Ash I know Ash was quite good, I think, in the end of last year in their Amazing, midfield. Amazing, yeah. So, and yeah, with uh, when you look at their midfield, I think he complements someone like Cornelia and Tom Green pretty well, like a bit more outside, that sort of stuff as well. But they've also got Josh Kelly that could do a similar type mm. thing as well. So, I'm not sure how their midfield actually makes up. But yeah, I think I think we will just see an increase from Brent Daniels in there. I'm not sure how much it's going to be, but it's going to be interesting to see. Um, Hawthorne, we'll move on to them. Uh, the Will Dave foot injury, that's going to keep him out for the first few rounds, apparently. Who do you think that benefits uh, at the moment because I was going to say Josh Ward is the first guy that goes in there now someone tweeted me a few weeks ago saying Josh Ward has sat out the last two trainings but there's been no official media I haven't reports, seen him mentioned so in a lot of yeah the, yeah. the journal notes from so training I hope that's fine <laughs> I think you've nailed it though if you look at the numbers from last year when, when Day wasn't there um, it certainly caused an increase for Ward and yeah. especially when any of the big four kind of weren't playing he certainly got an uptick in minutes um, the next one is probably Cam McKenzie. Um, so Connor McDonald's 
in that conversation, but yeah. barely got any CBAs last year. And he year. was good forward. Like, yeah. he dominated forward late he's in the season. He's got that extra year on top of him. So, yeah. he's talented enough to go in there. And, yeah, many are saying that he's getting that opportunity now with Will Day out in the preseason. But Cam McKenzie's probably more suited to the role. Yeah, so, sure. I'm probably leaning more to him rather than McDonald. But Ward would be first choice if he's okay. I'm yeah. just ho- hopefully he's healthy and yeah. he is training. I think we would have heard about it by yeah. now if it was yeah, something going on. So, I'm not going to stress about that tweet too much but thank you for letting me know whoever that was anyway just interrupting the show here with a bit of an ad plug uh so i received a random message uh in my instagram inbox the other week uh just asking if i'd be interested in uh taking on a new sponsor and uh showing some of their products on in my uh social media feeds and all that sort of stuff and usually i don't really I don't know. Some brands I don't really like to align with because, you know, I've had some bad experiences with some uh, with some sponsors and things like that. And if it doesn't completely align with the podcast, uh, I don't tend to use them very often or t- don't tend to go with them. But this brand did seem to align perfectly with the, uh, the Keep League podcast. And what it is is... Uh, a website that sells like championship rings for your AFL fantasy and super coach keeper leagues. So they're these full on blinged up uh, rings that you can buy and they look pretty much like, you know, the, the, the Super Bowl rings or the, the NBA championship rings. You might see Tom Brady uh, photos of him out there with them all across his knuckles. They look pretty similar to that. They're pretty specky. Uh, they're pretty awesome to look at. And uh, yeah, you can essentially buy one uh, for the premier of your uh, AFL fantasy league or your Keeper League or your Supercoach League or whatever. They're called Supercoach Champion. Uh, they're pretty reasonably priced when you compare them to uh, trophies and things like that that you might have to buy each year for your league. So, just a unique way to um, celebrate the, the winner of your league um, or if you just want to buy one for yourself and rub it in the face of uh, your league mates, it's probably a pretty funny thing to do as well. So, check it out at supercoachchampion.com. I will put a link in the description, so check that out below. And they are called Supercoach Rings, but I guarantee they do AFL fantasy rings because I actually have one in my possession and it's bloody awesome. So uh, yeah, check them out on their website and think about grabbing a championship ring for your league because if you support our sponsors, you support this podcast and uh, yeah, it helps things uh, keep running into the future. Anyways, let's get back to the show. We're on the the demons here with Melbourne. Um, so Clayton Oliver's back training. Mm. We're going to talk about a few trades that have been involved uh, in Clayton Oliver last week, but I think <laughs> anyone who did trade him out at the moment, because it seems like now is a good chance of playing early in the season, Clayton Oliver. I moved Noah Anderson, uh, would have been Marcus Bontempelli as part of this like big three-way trade to get Clayton Oliver. Because yeah. we're keeping seven players in our expansion yeah. draft. Um, I basically unloaded all my depth to yeah. get Clayton Oliver in right before he had his breakdown. Uh, it was absolutely deflating when all the news started flooding through and you were seeing the vision. Um, but one thing I've learned over the past kind of five, six years in the role is footballers always find ways to come oh, back yeah, 100%. regardless of what happens um, like, even like you remember like the Ben Cousins days like and Taylor then, Walker yeah, a couple yeah, exactly, of years ago yeah, he goes yeah. from you know he'll never return to that football club to yeah, yeah. career best form at 31 yeah, like, exactly. and for me Clayton Oliver is a guy who's getting paid over a million a year he's so young and on a long term deal that yeah. Melbourne need him to yeah. come back he's too good to just disappear you so know? it's just a matter of when if he's fit enough to play round one or opening round um, and then we'll see but uh, there's no way they were letting him go yeah. um, and I guess the big watch there is when he does come back, it'll hurt Tom Sparrow and, and maybe a Jack Billings who've been given the chances in preseason to fill that role. So yeah. it's just a matter of when, but 
it, the last couple of weeks, it's ramped up so dramatically. He's gone from just jogging laps on his own to being part of the main training yeah. with the team. Like, yeah. And like, even like the club tweeting it out as well. He's back type thing. So they'll, they'll play him. Yeah, definitely. They they want another flag in this period. Yeah. So, and he's going to be a big part of that if it happens. So, yeah, they'll definitely play him. Um, Lockie Hunter, calf injury, the old the old man injury, which I, I do a bit of running <laughs> myself. And my calves are perennially tight. Like, I don't think I've had not calf, like, tight calves. We were furniture about, shopping yeah. on Sunday. And I reckon <laughs> after an hour, I thought I tweaked a hammy. <laughs> Yeah, sure exactly. what was going on just too much yeah. walking so they're a tricky injury but I don't really like a lot of people do have them on their draft boards mm. but he's not one I look at but what I find interesting is Caleb Windsor I'm just seeing more and more talk I had Cade McDonald uh, do a bit of content with him when I was over in Melbourne big YouTuber I'm not sure if you're aware of him mm. but um, he was it really, he's a mad Melbourne supporter. He's one. Caleb Windsor, like, watch this guy because he could come straight in straight away mm. and it looks like they want to use him. He was thinking whether it would be a half-back role, but he's the type of player that could slot into a wing as well. Mm. So, I wouldn't be surprised if you see someone like Caleb Windsor. That hype came so fast. Yeah, yeah. Christian Petrarca was the instigator. Yeah, that's it wasn't right, it was to yeah. get him in your super coach or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, um, Caleb Windsor certainly can play that outside mid-role, right? Yeah. Like, Lockie Hunter could play and I mean they recruited Hunter as a depth player who was never going to be a superstar considering the names that they had and Windsor's this young first round pick Yeah, why not give him a crack and um, there's no reason if the format in preseason you know is truly hyped the way it is that he holds on to that spot and and Hunter stays out of the team or plays as a sub yeah definitely so he's definitely one I think he's going to rocket up the uh, draft boards in terms of the first year players as well Um, the other interesting thing at Melbourne at the moment so Tom Fullerton I think is injured now as well so who is their backup ruck so they don't really have anyone else on their list so my thinking I think Tom McDonald is now injured as well so I think something came out about him the other week as well I could be wrong on that one but my thinking is maybe someone like Van Royen is well, there. That's their first. missing piece, isn't yeah. it? They're, they're trying to figure out who can not only play forward, but yeah, help out Maxi Gore now yeah, that yeah. Grundy's not there. And yeah. um, I really like Harris and Petty up forward. That's I think the they, they looked yeah. best when he was in that mix, yeah. but he's not really a pinch hit either. Yeah. So maybe you're right, Van Royen does the job while yeah. Petty stays forward. So if he's getting a few extra you know, midfield minutes mm. as a result of that, he might be one to just think about uh, taking later on in your keeper league drafts as well. I think, I think key forwards are going to come into vogue a little bit more this year. Mm. Um, I know you play a league where you have to pick key forwards. Is that correct? Or? So we don't have to pick them, but we're yeah. trying to encourage it. Yeah. So I think we're going to change some of the custom stats to make like contested marks plus three. Yeah. Um, Goals, just maybe 10 or something like that. Yeah, just, just to make them a bit more valuable because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's um, it's a tricky one this year, as we've touched on a few times. There's not a lot of depth up forward and you've got to try and make them relevant again. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, he might just be one to think about as well because he showed some pretty good signs in his uh, you know early stage of his career. Um, let's move on to North. Uh, Tristan Sherry had his face fracture, but I think he returned last week to training. Yeah. So, I don't think that really affects where you draft him in your keeper league drafts. And they need to be shoving milk down his throat that man because he's got brittle bones poor Tristan Sherry but uh, the good news is with, with no Goldstein Callum Coleman-Jones is probably the next in and he's not really great as a sole rock so yeah. I think they would 100% prefer Sherry when he's available um, so hopefully um, he just stays healthy that's the main thing but uh, I think his value is skyrocketing at the moment just uh, looking at his um, average draft position in the mock draft simulator we've got up on the site I thought he'd be dropping a fair bit over the last few weeks with that injury but he's still remained pretty high I think he's getting drafted an average of pick 45. A young ruck that you can lock in for the next eight years, I think, yeah. um, 
Yeah, it's pretty handy. No, I think people are pretty confident with him. Uh, so the halfbacks uh, role, it looks it looked pretty certain to be McKersha and Fisher, but now Fisher's done his hamstring for his what second time this preseason. <laughs> yeah, so not great. That doesn't still on the rehab group doesn't really look that good. So who does play that? Well, who's going to be the beneficiary of this? So does Luke McDonald come back into fruition? Or I reckon know, they need him because yeah. that leadership down there is going to really struggle. Yeah, Clear, like Charlie Combin's been floated back now as the centre half back, and he's still very young, and I imagine will not be touching the ball a lot. He's more of a lockdown player, as is your Aiden core. Um, so, yeah, I think Luke McDonald gets some extra duties down there to try and, yeah, be the general of this young back line. McKerch is going to be that Sheasel 2.0, which is very exciting. And Fisher, yeah, will, will hopefully play after about a month in. But yeah. um, what do they do in the early stages will be interesting. Yeah, McDonald's yeah, McDonald's looks like he could be the one who benefits. So, and he's sliding down draft boards as well. So, he's one to think about for your defensive lines. Um, Harry Sheasel, the midfield role, looks like it's going to happen. Mm. Do you think that's a sole midfield or do you think it's a midfield kind of forward rotation? has to be a little bit of a rotation purely yeah. on the depth that they have. Yeah. So that's my thinking. Yeah, there's too many guys like your Phillipses and your Powells. And yeah. They're, they're going to need some minutes in there. Wardlaw's going to want to start as well. So yeah. um, the, the Taron Thomas off-field issues is certainly going to help that rotation now. I think that those young guys who've been you know, crying out for a bit more minutes are going to get them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a lot of them, like your Tom Powers, will be more of a mid-forward split. And, yeah, um, yeah I can see like an LDU Simpkin-Wardlaw yeah. start. I think there's just been a bit of like, why are people concerned about Sheasel going to the midfield and that affecting his fantasy scoring? And to be honest, I don't think it's going to affect it too much. It might just plateau it a little bit, like remain around well, that there's, nine there's average. no cheap points. And he was yeah. getting a lot of, um, you know, when he was skyrocketing with those 110s, 120s, uh, some of those points were from kickouts. Yeah, 100%. And, so. um, that's not going to be, um, you know, as prominent in that mid role, but yeah. he's an elite talent. He'll yeah. find a way. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, if he's rotating forward as well, it might just, yeah, just suck up, suck up a bit of time that he could be scoring and that's all. Um, yeah, we touched on Tom Power, so that's all good. We'll move on to Port Adelaide. So the big news last week is uh, Ken Hinckley, I think it was, came out and said Ollie Wines, he's back in the midfield. He's doubled down on it, yeah. yeah so there were the rumblings wing. that Ollie Wines is going to get an increase of return to the, his midfield time and uh, yeah, Ken Hinckley's yeah, pretty assured that it's going to happen now and it, it's pretty crazy how much he fell off a map. He went down to 50% of centre bounces. He used to be 71%, 74 in his Brownlow year. So it's not that dramatic of an increase to get him back to his best form and the funny part about last year we spoke to him a few times off air and he'd mentioned that in the preseason he he'd had his injury struggles and he wasn't really feeling 100 percent. they chucked him on the wing roll just to keep him in and it wasn't working and ken hinckley's just so adamant that he's healthy and ready to fire and and what i guess that means from a total picture picture rather is Jason Orn Francis will start forward, yeah. probably float into the back end of quarters that we saw last year when he's at his most damaging and explosive uh, best. But yeah. um, Rosie Butters wines is your key three. Yeah. Um, and which, it's kind of, it kind of works pretty well. Like you can have Ollie Wines as your in and under and then those other two for your kind of, you know, outside flair mm. as well. Um, Butters is a good mix between the two. And then you've got Rosie who can kind of, is almost like a, you know, almost like an outside type yeah. as well. So, and there'll be a yeah. fair few leagues where if Wines isn't on the waivers, he was certainly traded for, for not a lot yeah. um, and all of a sudden yeah, you could have an elite midfielder on your hand once again yeah um, so the ruck battle is the other thing at Port Adelaide so got Jordan Sweet versus big Ivan Soldo now 
Ivan Soto had uh, a finger surgery or something, and apparently he's only returned actually training as a ruckman as the last few weeks. I, I still think he's got that one number one spot yeah. locked down, which is Same. unfortunate for Jordan because yeah. he, he essentially took the Port Adelaide gig in the hope that he was going to be the number one, and yeah. then Soto was that very late trade. I think there was a little bit of I want to go home to South Australia yeah. as well um, involved, but no, I definitely think he did try to take the opportunity because I don't think he would have got mm. at the Crows. But Ivan, sure. when he was a solo ruck at Richmond, was really promising from a fantasy perspective for sure. Um, he, he finds a way to win his own footy rather than just rely on hitouts and yeah. can float forward to hit the scoreboard as well. The only the only concern that I have at the moment, and I was at training two or three weeks ago, and we had Todd Marshall had hip surgery, so he was mm. in the rehab group. Miss Georgiades hadn't returned to full. Charlie training. Dixon's not going to play. Charlie Dixon's now. Charlie Dixon looked absolutely cooked, but now he makes looks a lot so more. So de- de- dejected, <laughs> yeah. rather about his um. Yeah, it makes more sense now that this has come out because I was watching him. I was like, How? he can't, he couldn't keep up. Like yeah. he was back of the pack. Like, he wasn't fit. Like it felt like he wasn't fit. He enough. just can't like, hide it at the moment. Yeah. Like usually when a player is struggling yeah. in the preseason, um, you know they kind of keep it internal. But yeah. he he looks so deflated about the situation yeah. that he's in because he needed a clean run after missing so many games last year. Yeah, I just can't see him playing early. And the fact he's already mentioned retirement. Yeah, um, it, it's really worrying signs. I, it was going to be his last season anyway. So mm. yeah, it's yeah. Worrying. But my, my point is, I guess, there's just so many key forwards missing at mm. Port Adelaide. So, Ollie Lord's had a good preseason. Yeah. But we could see Soldo forward because he was pretty effective for Richmond stuck, when he did yeah. that. Yeah. So, that might be a concern. And then they'll both be terrible in fantasy <laughs> scoring. So, that's the worst case scenario. I um, guess the messaging there is just don't pick sweet regardless. Because <laughs> if he's playing, he's still not going to be the sole. <laughs> that's it. Um, Richmond, uh, Dion Prestia. Does anyone benefit from this? We've got Thompson Dow, who's been pl- apparently playing a pretty similar role in the preseason doing pretty well Jack Graham's a guy I'm interested in just how he goes under a, a new coach and they got the uh, the young draftee Kay McAuliffe who's actually put in a few good shifts at training as well do you think with Dion Prestia being injured that affects any of those guys I think Dow is the first in for sure so McAuliffe is, is easily you're a Richmond man aren't you I am a I Richmond man yeah. I've, I've loved um, <laughs> I've loved the reports from what I'm hearing yeah. in terms of you know these young guys really trying to grab a hold of these opportunities because they're not going to be very good this year Richmond right they've yeah. had their time in the sun it's all about rebuilding from here Year, but sounds um, like excuses from a Richmond fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just realistic. I've loved what I've seen from Thompson Dow the past few years. So I'd love to see him get a go. Guy that was averaging 55, and if he gets a nice clean run at it early, um, he could be pushing yeah, your 70s quite comfortably. And um, the ones that I kind of found funny and who haven't been mentioned, like Tyler Sonsi and Judson Clark, yeah. I loved what I saw from them, and they just haven't been mentioned at all in the conversation. Yeah. So it feels like McCall is banging the door down with this form because he. He averaged 27 in the under-18s. He's yeah. come straight into Richmond and looks like he's ready to go. Um, Jack Graham, I don't I don't think his midfield time has passed him now. Yeah, yeah okay, so he stays forward. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's unfortunate because, yeah, given that forward status this year, it could be handy. But, no, I think you're right. Thompson Dow, all the rage seems to be him at the moment at Richmond. Yeah. Everyone's talking about him, so he could be the main beneficiary there. Um, Tom Lynch, uh, they, there's a report saying he's not going to play round zero, but he probably be back by round one he's just one to look at because like you've got no one else to go through up forward mm. really and like all yeah. reports Jacob Kajitsky hasn't been great yeah he's, okay. he's putting down sitters um, obviously Hawthorne didn't really want him and gave him yeah, away for nothing yeah. and Richmond are so desperate for it all that yeah. they were hoping he'd be a solution and um, they'll probably have to play him opening round because Lynch won't be there yeah um, if he doesn't really cash in on that one game yeah I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't stick around the 23 yeah well yeah my thing is just Lynch is might be good for a few 
few bags here and there and in games that Richmond mm. do get on top of teams. It there might not like be that um, many, but Noah yeah. Bolter's the guy I reckon that's going to fill that void as the second tall, which I don't like. Yeah. I, I love Noah Bolter as a as a backman. I think he's so good. Down Does he there. do a bit of ruck time as well for you guys? Or? Every now and again, yeah. yeah. Um, but they're just so desperate for a, a big body up front yeah. that he's just going to have to fill that half forward role. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we'll move on to the Saints. Um, Max King's on track for a turn. So again, I'm I'm just looking at key forwards this year because they're a bit gross in terms of fantasy, mm. but I think we're going to need them this year. So, you know, this is a guy that was draftable, potentially a number one pick if he wasn't injured in his draft year. Um, I think, what do you go at in the end? Pick four or something like that? Needs and a clean run at yeah, it. Has had a clean starting run. to get it. Yeah, so if he can get that, uh, he could, you know, really come on. I, I just feel like someone like him, that was, you know, one of these really highly picked, like him, Lukosius, and both the Kings mm. um, in their draft year were really high t- highly touted key forwards. And we haven't seen anyone come on from a fantasy perspective yet. The I one that one I, I think that I've kind of want to watch in terms of St. Kilda is is your Tim Membry. So, like, yep. who's going to be the guy who takes that second defender away from Max? Yeah. Uh, at the moment, if, you know, Membry looks like he's going to be okay, but he didn't play a lot of games last year and obviously yep. had his own off-field issues. Oh, on top of that, you got your Caminides and your Shamans. Like, yep. you don't really have a, a real star backup for Max King, do yeah. you? And even if he's healthy, if he's getting double teamed, it's, you know, not going to be easy for him. Yeah. That's, yeah, so... And, and, and Memory's actually been a good like fantasy scorer, like a handy mm. pickup later on. So he's just one to have a think just about. Just need someone to take a body. And then I think Brad Crouch has been on a bit of a modified program for a bit there. So that just might be handy for someone like your Paddy Dow that uh, yeah, they're yeah. thinking about. So it's a knee surgery for, for Brad Crouch. He's just yep. returning from that. But maybe it's a flip of the script in this year's, you know, Jack Steele. I'm hoping so because I've got Jack Steele. 100, 110s <laughs> and, and Brad Crouch comes back to your 90s maybe. Yeah, maybe that's the go there. Um, Sydney, not a lot going on at Sydney, but I think Callum Mills has started training again. You haven't heard any inside reports on when he's looking Still to Still a while away, yeah. yeah okay. So even though he's on the track, they're, you know, they're not going to rush him back. Just heard so many different things. It's like round one, round mm. whole season's missing. What I had heard was um, like obviously they, they're trying to figure out a way to fill that hole now. Yep. Um, and Taylor Adams is your front runner, but reports maybe that Isaac Heaney you might get another go again and he's okay um he's been so tempting for so long you <laughs> yeah. know he just baits you and then um yeah, yeah ends up in that forward role but i don't think i'll be trusting him again yeah i find it hard to invest in him but, but city midfield's so deep like and they've got like good like young kids like sheldrick or this know, is the weird thing in, they've so. got so many young kids but yeah. they never really are consistent with any of them are they nah. it's such a heavy rotation yeah so yeah interesting to see what happens there um on to west coast there's a lot of stuff that's kind of relevant at uh, west coast just given the the rebuild nature of the side and they'll mm. be trying things and putting people in different spots and all that sort of stuff but um i guess the big things are there's a few injuries so dom Sheed got a foot injury elijah hewitt's got a foot injury he, they've said he, they're going to use him sparingly liam ryan was always good like as a streamer you know if you get him when you kick a few bags but that mm. happens a bit less now at west coast as it did you know three or four years ago the big news that if you've missed this you've probably been living under a rock but <laughs> Harley Reid uh, apparently playing on a halfback role she's a 2.0 all that yeah sort of this stuff. is the weird one I think early in the preseason we thought with so many injuries it was going to be Harley Reid Ruben Jinby uh, and maybe like a Tim Kelly is your big three midfield. And yep. now Reed's going to the halfback role. Jimby's on the wing. Yeah. It's going to be Kelly, Yo, and Duggan as their yeah. starting midfield. Yeah, crazy. So, anyway, um, <laughs> have a think about that one. But if, yeah, watch that closely, especially in the preseason games. If Reed gets that halfback role, like it almost becomes like everyone's been talking McCurch is your number one fantasy pick um, out of the draftees. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like they're going to be playing pretty similar roles. So keep your eye on that because if the number Poor one. Poor old pick, Harley Reed as well. He's had, I think oh. it's 37 back pages yeah. in the West. Ridiculous. Poor so, guy. 
Anyway, guy. he's um, there's a lot of expectation on this kid. <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. Um, thanks to Scuba Steve on uh, X or Twitter, whatever you call it, for this one. Um, he went to uh, the match uh, simulation last week for West Coast. Petricelli, a major ball winner in the midfield. Now, he actually got mentioned on our podcast a few times last year because in games where he got CBAs, there was a few games where he put up scores of like 80-plus mm. type thing as well. So, we might see that a bit more consistently this year. He, he does have that pace, like, you know, and he can break away and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it was always so. just that smaller body, wasn't he? Yeah. That, like, you weren't sure if he could match it with the big boys. Yeah. But um, yeah. it'd be good to see him get some opportunities because, yeah, yeah, when he floats in and out of the side, um, you know, every now and again he gets a bag and finds a fair few touches. So. Yeah. So, and he's listed as a forward, obviously. So, mm. one to just think about in that, uh, you know, that depth of forwards where it's pretty scarce. And the other one is there, the youngster, Clay Hall, um, apparently won a lot of footy. In yeah, I reckon he could be the starting sub for them. Yeah. If not getting some early minutes he's quickly. pretty close, I think, and they really rate him. So, Clay Hall, um, one that I think is, again, is going really late in drafts and when you compare them to the rest of the first-year players, but he's one that people should definitely be considering. Um, On to the dogs. Uh, Jack McRae, uh, are we concerned with that injury or will he be back by round one? What's the, what's the uh, thoughts there? Usually I would be concerned because you want your stars to just have a clean run at it and, mm. you know, they'll be able to perform at their best. But the fact that there are no forward options right now, uh, I'm not bothered. He's already back running. He'll play round one. Maybe he won't be at his best, but he's still better than any of the other options. <laughs> exactly. So take Jack McRae. <laughs> yeah, I think actually what's been interesting, and next week we're actually going to talk about um, ADP. So we've got the mock draft simulator mm-hmm. on the website where people can practice their keeper league drafts. Dylan Moore has actually overtaken him very closely um, as the number one picked Forward. I've thought about him yeah. for a while because he scores well regardless of his midfield minutes. But And I think in keeper leagues, he's just more likely to hold that forward status. Yes, I think that's what that people helps. are thinking. He just hasn't, as we touched on before, he hasn't been mentioned in possibly replacing a Will Day. Yeah, so, yeah. like, he's not even in the conversation, which is worrying yeah. for me. And it, But even last year, like, he didn't, he kind of lost his midfield time a bit last mm. year, but still averaged a solid 80. And I think that's just what people are looking at for their forwards at the moment is if you can get someone who's going to be a solid 80, they're probably going to be a top five player in the, yeah. in the line. So, yeah, just interesting that um, Jack McRae was the go-to, but now Dylan Moore. But I will talk about more about that ADP stuff next week. Um, but, yeah, uh, what else are the dogs? Um, my thinking with like, Tim English, we've had that concussion worry and all that sort of stuff because mm. he wasn't training and it was a medical issue and all that sort of stuff. He's been cleared of that apparently, so I don't think we really have to worry about that. But my thoughts were, like, who do you handcuff with Tim English at the docks? Like, who's their next Ruckman in? It's a tricky one now because um, in terms of the key forwards that are playing alongside him and who can pinch hit, right, Um, you know, your Norton could do it. Sam Darcy could then float forward, who's apparently been looking very good up forward, but they need key backs. Yeah. Um, So, they've got a lot of these guys, you know, Rory Lobb as well, that... Yeah. But none of them are Ruckman, are they? Like, this is the concern. Yeah, forwards and defenders and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's my thing. So, Sam Darcy, I think, might just... I was just thinking about stashing him Mm -hmm. later on in drafts just in case he goes um, in if if anything happens with that Tim English concussion or if Mm -hmm. he cops a knock because, you know, one knock would probably see him out for a few weeks, that sort of stuff as well so just have a think about stuff like that and there's just been a there was a comment earlier on in the preseason I'm not reading too, into it too much but Bontempelli saying he might play some different roles or some more roles or there might be more people running through the midfield at Western Bulldogs uh, this year and the only thing that concerns me like it's just a few it's just a combination of a few things so Bont had never really averaged over 105 until last year. Mm. And then the top midfielder always goes backwards the next year. So I'm just thinking, are people going... Like, he still picked four or five on our mock draft simulator that people are going for. 
Are people going too high on him or is that around where I mean, for going? me, not having heard those comments from Marcus Bontempelli, yeah. I, I saw the Bailey Smith injury and assumed that, yeah. hey, he's going to be locked into the guts. And that's yeah. why he, he scored so well last year. We'd seen him play, you know, 50-50 forward at yeah. times. And uh, I just assumed as a Marcus Bontempelli Brownlow winner that he'd just stay there. But it's it's Luke Beveridge and maybe he's spotted some kids he wants to give a go. And I don't think Bont has won the Brownlow, has he? No, he did. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, got yeah, close to he should have. Him. That's um, what you mean. But yes. In your yeah. mind, he was. <laughs> Best player in the game. In everyone's mind, he was. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a weird one, isn't it? Why yeah. wouldn't you put him in there? But we've said this over so many years, you know, you have, you know, uh, all Australian midfielder and Jack McRae that they're playing at half forward. Like, um, yeah. the dogs never fail to surprise me. Yeah, I think, and I don't know, it depends like that the dogs played that really tight midfield rotation last year. Do they let more people in? Sounds like they're going to. So that could affect him as well. And that might just be the thinking that if they're going to let someone like Sanders come back and come in, if they're going to let someone like Jack McRae spend more time on them, if they're going to let James Harms um, have a go in there as well, because it just feels weird that they recruited him if they're not going to use him. Mm. Um, he might be, yeah, there might be something going on with that midfield. Just so, just have a think about it. Watch that preseason. Um, although you'll probably see in the preseason they don't use him at the all. The good thing is he's, he's healthy, right? And that's <laughs> yeah. the last few years when he hasn't scored well. He's been carrying that back injury. Yeah, so. definitely. All right, uh, that wraps up all of the club news. I'll read out some gold members just to say thank you. So thank you to Callum Stone, uh, Stefan Hussinoff, uh, Daniel Kennedy, James Elms, Bailey Espy, Matt Roach, Adam Child. What the warn dog? Thank you for signing up. <laughs> uh, Lorenzo Foker, uh, Sam Anderson, Josh Veroni, William De King, Henry McIntosh, Daryl Smith, Alexander Binks, and Brendan Scanlon. I've uh, had to. Uh, Add a few extra to the list this week because um, there's quite a few people signing up and I'm not going to get through all more if I don't. So thank you to all those who have supported the show. Um, I did put the call out for some uh, listener questions for some trade reviews and also some keeper selections, but we're pushing the time. We've only got probably about eight or so minutes left. So what I might do is just pick out a few of them uh, of each. So a few trade reviews. So I'll just have a kind of look through here. Um, uh, there's another one here. So yeah. Ben Blake's got pick five and a future second for uh, Clayton Oliver in a dynasty league. Mm. I think if you're trading away pick five, you're looking at someone like Ethan Reid or maybe Daniel Curtin if you're lucky for Clayton Oliver. I think you're getting an absolute steal. I take that, yeah, 100%. So a few people are getting those um, pretty well. Here's an interesting one. Um, So someone's traded out Sheasel and Rosie and got Gordon and Anderson back. That's a pretty tight one. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Sheasel obviously younger, Gordon more flexible and just finds points. Anderson's going to take another big step this year. Yeah, he probably he could go to like 110 this and year. And Miller's getting older as well that we forget. So, Tuke's, yeah. you know, not going to be around much longer. Rosie's great. That's a very even trade. Yeah, um, it is. Who would you take? <laughs> Sheasel and Rosie or Golden and Anderson? I think I'd take Sheasel and Rosie. Yeah. Right. Um, I think the age is probably the factor there. It's just only minuscule. Yeah. Sheasel's, um, you know, an early pick and Rosie's now the skipper of his footy club. I'm yeah. probably going to go with those two. I'll probably go Golden Anderson. They've honest, got a bit but, of ceiling, um, don't they? Yeah, it's more the ceiling, and because probably where I like, I think you always think about your team and who would you prefer in your team at this moment mm-hmm. in time. And I think if I'm contending for a flag with my team, I'd want those two guys in right now. Rosie's right up there as well. I just think Sheasel goes backwards a little bit this year. For the future, obviously, it doesn't really yeah. matter. But I think he might just either plateau or go slightly backwards uh, this year uh, year as well. Um, J Max asked our uh, picks eight and twenty four Jinbi in a dynasty draft as well. So I'd be taking Jinbi. There, just given how highly rated he was last year, tackling machine as well. Yeah. Like he, he'll find points regardless of the fact he's on the wing, and eventually will end up inside mid. So, I think yeah, pick eight. You're thinking about the guys from this current crop that you're going to be able to get around that mark. Um, yeah, I think he's still the best option, right? Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, 
this one from Diddley Docker. Um, both teams are contending. He's traded uh, Josh Kelly, Zach Williams, and his fourth round pick. Um, and he's got Sam Doherty, Callum Mills, and a sixth round uh, pick in mm. return. Which side are you taking there? That's a tough one because obviously Mills misses half the year. Zach Williams is such an unknown. Yeah. Uh, and you essentially are saying that this is for one year, right? You're trying to win the premiership yeah. this year in this trade. Yeah. So, Doherty is actually a really good prospect in that sense. Like, Josh Kelly, obviously, better long term. But yeah. Doherty can, yeah, win it for you this year. I'm probably Doherty Mills. Yeah. Um, but, gee, you'd want him to play in that first third of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm thinking what happens on grand final day. And so, you're going to have Mills back by. Yeah, when Doherty and yeah, Mills, yeah. Yeah, Doherty there as well. So, Williams probably could be injured by then as well. So, yeah, like, yeah I'd, probably, I'd probably take this, uh, the Doherty-Mills side as well. Um, we'll quickly look at some of the, the keeper selections. So, there's a few people struggling to pick between a few players. So, yeah. um, Steve from uh, the OTLS, boys, they reckon he can't pick between Will Day, Callum Mills, or Blake Akers um, Will Day. to keep. Yeah, I'm with oh, Will Day with a foot injury. I don't know. I'm I'm torn between Will Day and Callum Mills just because I think Mills might just slot back to that halfback role and just rack them up. A little bit unpredictable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It depends where you kind of sit. If you are contending, probably Callum Mills. But yeah. Will Day is yeah, going to be Hawthorne's number one guy. So, yeah. I like him. Yeah. I'm either of those two. I don't think... I think you, depending on where your team's at, I think, yeah, either Day mm-hmm. or Mills is the correct option there. Definitely over Blake Akers, that's for sure. Although Blake Akers is a handy option. And I think the averages were all pretty similar last year. But I think those two have the bigger upside. Um, at AFL Fantasy Cues asks, uh, Peddler versus Perkins. I was so high on Archie Perkins and I just have no faith in Essendon to use him properly. So, I'm Luke Peddler. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, I think the same about Peddler at the Crows. Like, yes, he's going to get some midfield time, but he's behind three or four other players, I reckon, ahead of him too. So, yeah. it's a pretty similar situation. I mean, it's more like who's likely to score better up forward. Crows really. boys are a little older as well. So, yeah. if you're thinking long-term, Peddler probably gets in quicker. I'm too invested in Perkins. I'm going to have to go Perkins. Yeah. But I'm very invested, so I'm a bit of bias I think there. Perkins is the better player. Yeah. I just don't like the role. Role, yeah. Um, Dilly Docker, Billings versus Thilthorpe. So, based oh, on your uh, Thilthorpe, earlier things. Yeah. yeah. Billings, I, I'm not even sure if he gets games. Nah, at least you know Thilthorpe's playing yeah. each week. And you go with that every day of the week, I reckon, when you're drafting in that range or keeping in that range, purely because, like, sometimes it can just be so hard to field a side, mm. that sort of stuff. Um this uh, Trent Stokes needs two from Matt Johnson, Finn McRae, Luke Powell, Luke Pedler, and Jackson Bins. Oh, and Josh Fay as well. Apparently, Fay's been going really well. Yeah. So I'm probably Finn well McRae in my well. first one, and then maybe Powell or Pedler or Fay. I don't know much about Bins and Johnson. I'm not sure about. Yeah. So. Have you heard any reports about no. Johnson? Because when he played last year, he scored really well. But it just sounds like with Fife maybe going back mm. in that midfield, it might be a bit limited. And for Powell, him. like Powell, felt like the guy um, considering his his rookie numbers before he was drafted. But there's so many young mids in that North team. I think he's at the bottom end of that list. So yeah, Finn McRae for me. I think he's probably going to have the best run at it. Um, and then, yeah, Power, Peddler, or Faye. The, the last one we'll look at is from JB. Uh, he wants to know the difference between... Oh, who should he pick for his last one? Ed Richards and Callum Wilkie. Wilkie. Wilkie? Yeah. I'm going to go Richards, Ooh. I reckon. I just don't know if... Well, I think Wilkie averaged 10 marks per game yeah, he's, last that's, year. Yeah, that's for me. These are the intercept marking, whereas yeah. Richards is the, the possession winner, right? Yeah, and I think a little bit of Wilkie's marks as well was a lot to do with St. Kilda. Like, they were... This has been an awesome stat that Russ... Uh, this guy, Russ2468, put out on Twitter. Um, Ross the boss? <laughs> no, no. Russ, not Ross. <laughs> Russell. Um, he put out a stat that he did a bit of research into. And teams with... 
um, lower meet, uh, sorry, lower meters gains teams mm-hmm. tend to have higher fantasy scores yeah. because they're chipping sideways and Which, all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, Ross does love to do. Yeah, and St. Kilda's one of them. But do you think St. Kilda continue that game plan or do they need to kind of get to what everyone else is doing and that is the fast ball move and all that sort of stuff? I don't know because be Ross better. has been so headstrong for so yeah, long. That's true. Right? He, yeah. he has a game plan. And yeah. um, I think a lot of people, you know, you look at footy clubs and you're wondering if they're going to dramatically change things in the off season. Yeah. Most of them don't. That's mo- true. Mo- mo- most of them have a game plan they're trying to instill over three to four years. Yeah, that's and very The true. reason it hasn't worked is probably because the players don't understand it fully. Yeah. So, they're going to, whatever Ross brought in last year, considering that was his first season, yeah. it's going to be the same. Yeah. They're and just if, trying to nail it down. And if you're Port Adelaide, you play it for 11 seasons and it still doesn't work. <laughs> Never <but>. change. <laughs> Lock <laughs> the ball in. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm, I'm Ed Richards. Um, there's a bit of talk of Bailey Dale going forward. Um, this season um, to kind of yeah help out up there so if that happens then Ed Richards yeah. I reckon he's a pretty silky smooth operator when he you know gets the opportunity I think he averaged very close to 80 last year as well and I just prefer those kind of runner types those distributor types more so than the the kind of intercept or the the guys that have to play some defensive roles for, from time to time I didn't realise he was so well. young yeah. Ed Richards 24 so yeah he's been around for a while um, Wilkie's 27 yeah. I'm changing my pick <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't think it's bad like, I think it's that you got stability in Wilkie though as well like you yeah. know he's playing every week and he's in a in that same role each week where Richards can it kind of depends on who's playing around him I think as mm. well um, oh, we'll go one more um, Trags wants to know Tom Powell versus Will Phillips Phillips has the better CBA numbers right now so yeah. I'm probably going with him he's does, just getting a better crack yeah does he maintain that next season with say someone like Wardlaw playing more or? no I think in my pecking order it's yeah it's LDU either Sheasel or Wardlaw and then Simpkin has to be in there as the skipper so there's yeah. your four yeah. and then outside of that yeah Phillips Powell Powell's so. been talked up in the last week in a press conference or something as a yeah. guy who or maybe it was he talked himself up actually I think he said he'll be playing <laughs> he'll be playing mid forward this year so yeah. yeah I think if you go on the numbers of last year Phillips is getting a better crack at it yeah no I think that's fair I'll, I'll go Tom Powell um, I'm, I'm, we're, we're really split today so <laughs> I anyone, like anyone wanting um, anyone wanting advice or who to pick I think we're just like and I guess that's why they've asked the question. We basically haven't helped anyone. <laughs> we've we've said, given you the stats you need to make your decision, yeah, but we won't tell you who it is. <laughs> Anyways, that's uh, bring up the hour mark there. So we will wrap it up. Aaron, always a pleasure to have you on the show, mate. Uh, great to be on. The expertise you bring from being a professional sports journalist. And uh, yeah, it's a stark <laughs> contrast to what we usually have on the show. If only so. I could carry that expertise <laughs> into my actual fantasy game. <laughs> but uh, well, keep trying, mate. Uh, yeah, you know, um, we're interested to see how your leagues goes, especially the uh, the one with the expansion teams mm-hmm. coming in. Uh, we might get you on a few more times throughout the season if that's all right and uh, we'll check in and see how you go looking forward to it all right uh, that's a wrap uh, check out our membership options uh, on the website uh, we really appreciate the support because that's what keeps this podcast going and makes it viable into the future uh, get us around us on our socials uh, every kind of like and share and all that sort of stuff helps us out and gets us uh, in front of new listeners eyeballs and things like that so hit us up uh, at keeper league pod on facebook twitter instagram youtube tiktok uh, wherever you get your social media content we're there and and uh, yeah, if you're in Adelaide on April 5th for Gather Round and you want something to do in the afternoon, uh, check out the live show. Details are in the uh, the link in the description below at the uh, the Elephant British Pub. Come check us out. Come say good day. Come have a beer with us. Come watch some footy. Should be good fun. Anyways, that's it for another week and we'll talk to you soon. See ya.